It's that time, the sports talker. Here's TJ Walker. Hello, everybody. Welcome to a new week, a Tuesday edition of the Sports Talker. Hope everybody had a nice long weekend filled with football and barbecues and beers and whatever else you got into over the weekend. Finally, it's fun to be able to recap football now. I talked all last week how fun it was to be able to preview it. Now we get to preview. Now we get to recap. We were fully into this college football season, and we're just two days away until we get more football. Uh, NFL starts, again, with my Green Bay Packers against Seattle. I'm excited about that for sure. But big weekend, a great weekend for football in Kentucky, in the Commonwealth. If you're a fan of Louisville, if you're a fan of Kentucky, even if you're a fan of Western Kentucky, you have to be feeling pretty good. Eastern Kentucky even started the year off with a win at Robert Morris. So regardless of what team you're a fan of in this Commonwealth, you should be uh, feeling good after after one week. Obviously, Louisville takes down a, a beats the best opponent of any of the Kentucky schools and, and looked relatively dominant doing so. Uh, but Kentucky, I think, I, I don't know if I would say they were the most impressive team, but maybe the most impressive slash surprising team. You didn't really know what to expect from Kentucky. Now, we previewed the game. We knew that Tennessee Martin isn't, uh, wasn't a great team. Kentucky should have a lot more talent, a lot more speed, a lot more strength. Uh, all around just should be better than, than Tennessee Martin. And I feel like a lot of teams in FBS would be. But for Kentucky to start out that fast, something we talked about on the show Friday from Oxmore, for them to be able to start out that fast and kind of keep that pace of play throughout the four quarters, uh, I thought was really impressive to be able to run the ball like they did for Patrick Tolles. And, and I'm going to talk about him and I'm uh, out of all the media members I've read and listened to about this Kentucky game. I almost feel that I'm maybe the most negative about Patrick Tolles performance, but that's not to say he didn't have a, a solid game. It'll just have to get a lot better if Kentucky wants to upset some teams. Uh, but that, the whole thing was impressive, in my opinion, just the way Kentucky was able to come out. And we'll talk uh, certainly a lot more about that. We'll talk a lot more about Louisville's win. And we'll, pre, we'll, look, we'll look ahead this week at, at Kentucky's next game against Ohio. Interesting that that spread came out at six points. Ohio beat Kent State 17-14 to 14 last week uh, and wasn't super impressive in that game. And Kentucky, of course, looks great. That spread starts at six points. It's already been bedded up, uh, I think, to 11. So, interesting to see it so low. I can't believe the Louisville spread yesterday it was only three and a half. That seemed like one of the biggest locks in the history of uh, betting. I don't know really what the appeal was with Miami. They they obviously have a great running back. But it was Louisville's first game in the ACC uh, I think it was one of the maybe the largest crowds in Papa John's Cardinal Stadium history, if not the largest crowd. Louisville just beat this Miami team by a ton. And I know, obviously, there's no Teddy Bridgewater, no Devontae Parker. Uh, Louisville had a lot of guys drafted, and a lot of those guys obviously uh, played big roles in, in last year's win. But even it's just a dominant performance in that bowl game. I, I 
I just I didn't get that spread one bit. But Louisville goes on to dominate and win, and we'll talk more about it. Yates, how are you? Doing well, TJ. How about yourself? Oh, doing well. Just uh, late night at Papa John's Cardinal Stadium. Didn't get in back home and, and until midnight or, or whatever time it was. Uh, so lucky that I get to work from home and be able to sleep in. Did you Did you make it out there yesterday? I did, yes. Did you have a good time? Oh, yes. Very good. Be be hard not to. And, and, and the weather was a little bit better than I thought it was going to be. I, I already knew it was going to be warm, but if you looked at the at the forecast this time last week, it looked like it was going to be in the upper 90s. It was going to be a long day of tailgating. Uh, if you participated in the blackout, you'd be wearing black clothes, and it, it certainly would be a hot day. But it was overcast. There was a nice breeze for most of the tailgate. So I think the fans that went out there early uh, didn't suffer as much as maybe they thought they would. And then uh, I've got to give some credit to Louisville's crowd and fans uh, did just an unbelievable job getting to the game early, uh, filling back in nicely after halftime. That's any Louisville fan that's been at Papa John's knows that's a pretty big problem of fans hanging out and drinking beers in the concourse or on the party deck maybe a little too long. Uh, not the case yesterday. First game in the ACC, and it, it was a, a great crowd. It was genuinely loud, a very uh, pumped-up atmosphere for for Louisville so credit to Louisville fans for doing that uh, making it that great of a of a setting uh, for college football I'm sure it sounded loud on TV I'm sure it looked great on TV as well I do uh, on the flip side uh, I'm kind of surprised in UK's attendance on Saturday again I didn't know I don't know how the game looked on TV I haven't gone back and watched the tape of that game but only 50,000 people I think that was the fourth lowest or lowest attended game in Commonwealth Stadium history, which is surprising. And and we can we can talk about why the attendance was low. Uh, they were playing a, a very very bad opponent. Tennessee Martin is not um, a sexy sell whatsoever. It was very hot, very warm during the game. It was a noon game. It's tough to get up for those. Not much time for tailgating. Some people just feel it's not even worth packing all your stuff up and and making a big trip out of it. And also there was a chance of of severe thunderstorms for Central Kentucky during the day Saturday. Again, these are excuses. uh, And they make sense. But at the end of the day, first game of a new season – a game that you know Kentucky's going to win, and anybody that's been following or been a fan of this Kentucky team the past few years, wins are are tough to come by. Uh, you, you had recruits there. You had Damian Harris, one of the the highest-rated recruit that UK's ever really been in on, seriously been on, the best player in the state of Kentucky. Uh, and there's construction, and it's not as much fun maybe going to a UK football game right now as it was years ago uh, there's construction it doesn't really look very um it, it doesn't look good commonwealth stadium and the outside parts of commonwealth stadium uh, I, so i get why people didn't go i'm just surprised with how many people didn't attend uh, they're going to play ohio this week it's a 330 game that's a better setup for tailgating ohio is a better opponent 
It could be a closer game. Uh, UK showed how uh, the offense has improved, at least in week one. It looked like improved. So I'm curious to see what the attendance is Saturday. I guess weather will play a part of it. But I think anything less than 55,000 would be pretty disappointing. Again, capacity isn't 70,000 anymore. Uh, I was talking with somebody and they are saying, how did they have 20,000 empty seats? Well, it's it really isn't 20,000 empty seats. Again, capacity is not 70,000 anymore because of these renovations. It won't ever be 70,000 again. Also, UT Martin didn't bring any fans. That, that was a very noticeable missing part of the stadium. There, just the lack of people that traveled up supporting them, but really just not a, not a great crowd. And again, it, 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 it is just UT Martin Louisville's playing Miami. It was their first game in the ACC. It was a night game ESPN, Bobby Petrino's first game back. The circumstances for Louisville games were obviously much greater. It was a, a much more attractive game. But the atmospheres at the two games were not very comparable. Uh, again, I get why they weren't. And when UK plays somebody good, you're going to probably have to wait till that Vanderbilt game. Uh, again, Vanderbilt's not a very attractive game, especially the way they got beat by Temple. But that could be UK's first SEC win. Hopefully that atmosphere is better, and hopefully it's improved for Ohio this upcoming week. But... It was a little bit inter- – it was interesting to see that. That uh, was one thing that stuck out when I got there. UK did some new things. I'm going to talk more about that. Their, their new traditions, which uh, that makes no sense. You can't have a new tradition. Traditions are something that have to be made. But we'll talk more about that. Clebby116, text into the show. To me, at the game, it looked more crowded than the majority of the games last year. Only Alabama and U of L seemed bigger last year. I question the published numbers. Well, here's the thing about UK attendance is uh, for the longest time, they would lie about their numbers. Uh, and, and all places do it. Louisville does it. Uvel does it maybe just uh, close to as, as bad as Kentucky would do it. But Kentucky would lie about their numbers and about their attendance, and they'd either go with tickets that were sold, tickets that were claimed, uh, people that actually, you know, tickets that were scanned. Whatever number was the biggest is that's what Kentucky went with. And uh, maybe, as far as I know, they, they could have just lied and even made it more. But whatever number made them look the best is what they'd go with. And I think it might have been somebody at the Election Herald leader. Maybe it was Jen Smith. Somebody eventually looked at the people that entered into the stadium that uh, – I don't think they go through those little gates anymore. But they found out – she dug up those numbers. I think Jen Smith did. And found out the attendance was close to half, uh, not even half of what they said it was, which is uh, really eye-opening and and not a good look for UK. So since then, for the last year, year and a half maybe, Kentucky's actually, I don't think, lying about attendance anymore. I think they're going with what is the actual number of people that show up to the game, not how many tickets are sold or uh, maybe tickets weren't claimed or this and that. They're going by actually how many people were in the stands. And I think 50,000 was accurate, but you are right. They're Clay, Clay B116, there was plenty of times last year that the attendance wasn't great. Attendance hasn't been great for Kentucky in a while. 
but I just thought first game that there would not be as many empty seats as there were. Uh, and credit to UK student section. I, I'm one of their uh, biggest critics that UK students or UK students when it comes to football games are pretty uh, underwhelming. They show up late. They leave very early. And most of the time that there's not that many people there to begin with. But they were, it was absolutely packed. That was the most packed part of the stadium was the lower level student section. So good job for UK students there. I, I, Mark Story had a story on UK's attendance and, and how surprising it kind of was that there wasn't as many people there. And, and again, we talked about a lot of the reasons why people might have not shown up. But I, I think UK football fans are, and this is kind of what Mark Story talked about, I think UK football fans are just kind of sick of not winning. Once UK has a team that wins and wins consistently, then you'll start getting sold-out games where you don't see any empty seats. Until then, again, this team went 2-10 and 10 last year. Uh, until then, I think a lot of UK football fans are going to say, eh, well, I'm just going to wait and see. I'm going to wait. I'm not going to fall for it again. But it is crazy to think about where UK's attendance was when Joker Phillips took over, averaging near capacity versus where it is now. Just how quickly Joker Phillips could erase everything that Rich Brooks had built and built over a long period of time. He he got he got rid of it almost instantly. That's it's tough to do what Rich Brooks did at Kentucky, but it's almost harder for Joker Phillips to ruin that as quickly as he did. And now Stoops is left cleaning up and doing a great job so far. But I think there are just a, a lot of Kentucky football fans that maybe live outside of Lexington that uh, have to travel an hour or so. Maybe they live in Louisville, wherever it may be. Maybe they live in northern Kentucky. They have to travel, and, and it's just not really worth the trip right now to go watch a team that has con- uh, consistently lost, has had three straight losing seasons. Right now, it's, just, it, it's not a, a very sexy product. So, curious to hear your all's opinions on UK's attendance. If, if it surprised you, how much better it should be for the Ohio game on Saturday. Brun DMC text into the show. There's talk that Ash, talking about David Ash at Texas, may be done for good because of concussions, not a good start for Strong. That whole thing was really weird, seeing how that played out, how Ash didn't have any signs of a concussion during the game, but it was later that night. Now, that's kind of scary. I talked to concussions a lot with Wes Welker on the show. Well, Wes Welker wasn't on the show, but I talked about Wes Welker and his concussions on the show and how people kind of needed to back off his decision whether to play or not play, and uh, I'm sure he's getting the best advice possible. But concussions are a serious problem. I, I wasn't trying to undermine that point with David Ash. The, the idea that you could, and, and I, I'm sure this happens outside of outside of football, and uh, but to to receive a head injury and not have any uh, any effects for hours, and then finally start to show some signs. Uh, that, that, that's kind of scary. That's kind of scary for football players. got hit in the head for the for the last few decades of football and then hours later maybe started getting a headache started getting dizzy just didn't tell anybody about it because he didn't really know i'm sure that's probably happened a lot 
so scare uh, definitely a scary situation in Texas and uh, something to monitor for Charlie Strong and and just even fans of football. It'll be interesting to see. I kind of want to change subjects a little bit. How ridiculous is it that Florida, again, Florida didn't play. They were playing Idaho this weekend. Uh, The game was delayed to begin with, delayed a few hours. Then finally they got cleared to play. They did the kickoff, 10 seconds ran off, and then it got delayed again, eventually being called. And right now they're unsure if they're going to play the game again at some later date, probably towards the end of the year, if it's just going to be nothing. Uh, I, I think there's a good chance Florida's going to need that game if they were, if they're going to want to get six wins. I don't think it's going to be a great year in Gainesville again. Uh, but it's interesting that that game could even be suspended, uh, that that could even happen to begin with. But here's the, here's the part that jumps out at me. Florida had a few players suspended for that game. And Muschamp, their head coach, thought that those 10 seconds counted as a game and the players will be eligible to play next week. How ridiculous is that? What kind of message is that sending to the players to... It, it really reflects poorly on him. Players get suspended for a game and have to sit out 10 seconds, and they're that that's worthy of a suspension. It's like when you were a kid, you'd get grounded for a night. Turns out your friends weren't doing anything that night anyways, but you still counted that as being grounded. It's ridiculous. So uh, things aren't going well for Will Muschamp in Florida. This is not breaking news. He's got my prediction. He's going to be fired after this year, and maybe they use this as uh, they won't use this for a reason. But this could be another part of uh, their firing. It, it maybe the, they won't say it was all just about. It wasn't about all wins and losses, although it certainly is. Um, they could also say maybe he didn't run it as tight as a. Uh, a ship as they would have liked. Of course, Urban Meyer was the coach down there for a while. So it looks like Will Muschamp may be taking a page out of his book. But interesting point about uh, something that I haven't seen a lot of people talk about. Florida not playing this game. They play Kentucky in two weeks. They don't play Kentucky this Saturday. They play Kentucky next Saturday. And they're not going to have, they're going to have one game under their belt before the Wildcats come to visit. They have Eastern Michigan this weekend. That's going to be a big win for Florida. And then they've got Kentucky coming to town. The one negative, Kentucky will only have one game to scout Florida. Florida's going to be figuring out a lot of things. So the, the team that they are against Eastern Michigan could look different than a week later because they might move pieces around, and Kentucky's only going to get one game to scout. But I think that is going to benefit Kentucky. Florida is going to only get one game to figure things out. If a player plays bad, is it because he's in the wrong spot or maybe there's somebody better and you shouldn't be playing him, or is it just a bad game? There's going to be a lot of second-guessing heading into that Kentucky game, so I think ultimately that's going to help UK on the road in a place that they haven't won in a very long time. 
of course, Kentucky's going to get two games in. Uh, I, I think it's. I think Kentucky should beat Ohio. I think they should look good against Ohio. So Kentucky could have all the confidence in the world heading down to the swamp where Florida's just got one game. That's going to help UK. And it's certainly something to keep an eye on. Uh, that's going to be UK's first real test, obviously. And you're going to get a much better idea of what kind of season to expect from Kentucky based on how they play against Florida. Again, this is assuming they look good and beat Ohio. They could go out and lay an egg against Ohio, and I think that would kind of give you an idea of where the season's, what kind of season it's going to be. But I, I'm going to talk more about the UK game specifically when we come back from the break. But I think this UK team's for real. And I think Louisville's going to have a good season too. So stick around here on 1450 The Sports Buzz. We will be right back. to the Sports Talker with T.J. Walker. We're back here, second, second, Sports Buzz. Sports Talker with T.J. Walker. Ran into, uh, kind of walked around UK's tailgate parking lot and met up with some friends before I, I went into work. A couple of people talking about they listened to the show. Louisville tailgate, met with some friends and tailgated a few other people there, so they listen to the show. So I thank everybody that listens. I know that you've wanted me to talk more college football, and, and this is certainly the weeks to do it. So thanks, everybody that's tuned in. It's been – it's uh, this is – this is the summer and it can be tough. Uh, the World Cup made it a little bit better, but times are slow and not anymore. There is some breaking, not breaking news, but some interesting news that I wanted to address here regarding UK football. They're going to vote on Friday. The board of trustees will vote on Friday if UK will put field turf at Commonwealth Stadium and get rid of natural grass. It's going to be a million dollar project. And they will talk about it and they'll vote on it. It's going to be privately funded. And I don't know if this vote actually matters. Kentucky's going to get field turf. That's what Stoops wants. That's what Neil Brown wants. I think it's easier to play on it. You can play faster on it. Uh, I'm not a fan of this. I like the grass at Commonwealth Stadium. I'm curious to hear if you all like it as well. Uh, There was a time in the SEC where there was only... I think one place that had field turf now by my count, I believe it's four and I could be missing some Ole Miss, Vandy, Missouri, I believe Texas A&M, but I could be wrong about that. But now Kentucky could add to that and you're starting to see more and more teams across the SEC, uh, a conference founded on tradition, move to field to, to turf, to field turf, and get rid of natural grass. This also came out, this is from my boss, Brett Dawson. UK has also received a couple gifts from donors. 
just over 58,000 and nearly a million. Half a million from some other people. A lot of a lot of gifts being given around UK football program. Half a million from Chris T. Sullivan, who was one of the founders of Outback Steakhouse. He graduated from UK. That will go to football training facilities and practice fields. So that's, uh, I think I could use a gift. If that's what a gift is, half a million dollars, close to a million dollars from some other donors, I certainly wouldn't mind a gift. But exciting, this is just a, a kind of exciting time for UK football. That, those type of gifts wouldn't, you wouldn't see that over the years. People are hungry for success. I, and I, I, I think it's kind of the chicken or the egg. If fans show up, maybe that helps. Maybe, maybe that would lead to better recruiting. But fans might not show up till they win, but you might not win unless you get better recruits. Uh, Stoops is showing that you're getting better recruits. The winning is yet to be seen, but it is interesting to see donors like this just throw that much money at UK's football program, hoping it helps, hoping at least to success and showing that they're committed, fans are committed. Maybe not the average fan who's not showing up to the game, but win and they'll be there too. Let's talk a little bit about UK's win on Saturday. A lot of, a lot of things I liked. I think UK is not only going to have... I think UK has the best running back depth and talent that they've ever had, that I ever can remember. But it might be one of the best running back cores in the SEC. Not the best, because there's a lot of good ones. And how good did Todd Gurley at Georgia look? I kind of regret not making him my Heisman winner when we did that game. I picked TJ Yeldon, who also had a great week as well. But Todd Gurley was on a different level. But UK's running back core depth is great. It's going to really help Kentucky. What a... Average for Braylon Hurd. Two carries, two touchdowns, over 100 yards rushing. Did tweak his ankle, or else we could have seen more. I'll admit, I'm going to be a little disappointed when he does carry the ball against Ohio and doesn't score a touchdown. That's going. That's that's that is going to be a bit disappointing. It's going to happen. But what a debut as a Kentucky Wildcat for him. Same could be said about Miguel Horton. Looked good. Out of all the running backs, the one that really didn't do great is is Stanley Boom Williams, the one I thought for sure would have a big game. He was the only one that, I wouldn't say disappointing, but of all the players who looked unbelievable for Kentucky... 
They average 8.4 rush per attempt, nearly a first down. Stanley Boone Williams only four carries for 10 yards. So he hurt that average. Two and a half per carry. Uh, Braylon Hurd's 58 yards per carry really helped the average. So running backs are great. Uh, I, I liked what I saw out of the wide receivers. I don't remember if there was a drop. Definitely not a blatant, oh, he should have definitely caught that pass. It was really balanced. A lot of guys getting catches. I think 10 by my count. And you didn't, you know, when you're up that big, you don't necessarily have to throw as much. There wasn't a sense of, uh, there's going to be games, obviously, where Kentucky's down. And when you have that many weapons, that's a, that's good news because you're going to want to rotate bodies in and out if you're going to want to play fast. And if you've got uh, a good string of guys that can catch, then that will be that will be big for Kentucky going forward. Blake Bone, the freshman, getting a touchdown. He looked good. I I, I was really excited about him, but based on the sp- talks during the spring, it seemed that he uh, or, or early summer kind of seemed like he might be a year away, but they're obviously going to ask a lot out of him right away. Defense looked fine. Secondary looked much improved. For Kentucky to have a guy like A.J. Stamps is uh, huge for them. I can't remember the last time Kentucky had a a guy in their secondary that was confident, talented, skilled, that athletic, and a little bit cocky, too. Got a little attitude with him. Of course, made an unbelievable interception. One of my buddies said that that might have been the best play he's seen a, a Kentucky secondary player make in the past five years. I'd say with the uh, the exception of UK's game-clinching interception in 2010 against South Carolina, I'd say that's definitely probably the best play a UK secondary player has made since at least 2006. So... Great secondary is going to have some tough games. I think they look better, but still maybe not there. Linebackers look fine with me. Defensive line, uh, I thought would be a little bit better. And when asked about that, uh, DJ Elliott said that basically Tennessee Martin didn't give UK's defensive line a chance to be show how how good they were in the passing game. They did only quick passes, quick outs. They did have 183 yards on the ground. There was some uh, head-scratching moments from UK's defensive line in the first half, but they were able to adjust nicely for the most part. We'll like to see them go up against somebody a little bit better to, before I made my judge before I make my final verdict on the UK defensive line. But it wasn't wasn't unbelievable, but wasn't bad either. But let's talk about Patrick Tolles. 20 of 29, 377 yards and a touchdown. He also rushed for 30 yards and a score. In terms of being a... It's his team, it's his offense. With that pressure, I thought he did well. I thought he did a good job. No complaints. 
no major complaints, I should say, because I'm gonna be I'm gonna nitpick a little bit. But at the end of the day, my point is he he did good enough. There's no major issues or concerns with Patrick Tolls. But he has he will have to be better if UK wants to upset some teams. First off, his accuracy again not terrible, but not perfect. On a couple deep balls, he could have if he hit the runner or the wide receiver in stride, it could have been big plays. Uh, there was one time I think it was Ryan Timmons had to come back on a ball. That's just things he's he's got to he's got to do a better job with. Even some of the short passes were. Uh, the wide receiver had to either jump or, or dive to get him. It just, it just needs to be a little bit more polished, and that that really would go a long way for Kentucky. Uh, I liked how composed he was. I like how fast he ran the offense, got his players up to the line, did a great job in, in game management. But here's my biggest issue with Patrick Tolles, and this isn't uh, a, a hot take. This isn't something that you have to analyze. This is something the average fan could have seen and pointed out. He stares down his wide receivers. He, I don't know if there was one throw where he looked at both ends of the field, both sides of the field. I, don't, I really don't think there was one where he looked right, looked right, looked right, went left. If he started off looking left, he was going to throw left or he was going to run. And I, at first, I was thinking he's only he's only looking for one target. I don't know if that's necessarily necessarily true. He might look at two targets, but regardless of how many targets he looked at, they were on the same side of the field. He's got to be able to look off defenders. Has to. And I don't know if he's not confident. I don't know if they wanted to keep it simple for him in his first game. I don't know. Maybe if they're just trying to throw. Defense is off. I, I don't think they're that. I don't think UK is being that elaborate. But moving forward, he's going to have to be able to look defenses off. Good first game from Patrick Tolles, but he's going to have to be able to do that. Clavy one sixteen text into the show. I think he's going to say the same thing that I just said. Not to harp on the small things. I thought Tolles played well, best QB performance in a while. But the one concern. It seemed to be evident in the game Saturday. Everyone always talks about his arm strength, but it seems uh, on his deep balls, the receivers have completely stopped and wait for the ball. I remember Saturday, Timmons and Bone and his touchdown and his touchdown from his freshman year, the receiver had to completely stop to catch it. I think your main point is what I was trying to say. They had to come back on a couple balls. And that will get better in time. Tolls will need to be better for UK to to upset some better some some good teams. But that was his first game. He'll get what quarterback is better in week one than they are at the end of the season. None. You get better as time goes on, and he'll get better. But just a, a little nitpicking. I agree with Clay B. 116. That was one of the better performances a UK quarterback has had in some time. Brun DMC weighing in on the gifts that UK received or will receive. If someone gave you a gift, what would you what would you name after the donor? The Outback Steakhouse Abe's Dog Bed, referring to my puppy. 
if Outback wants to give me half a million dollars or the founder of Outback wants to give me half a million dollars, I'll, I'll make my middle name Outback. TJ Outback Walker. I'm not, I, I'm not scared to sell out for that. I asked on Twitter what UK fans thought of the new game day atmosphere UK is trying to create. And they're trying to make it better, more fan-friendly, more interactive, more music, less band. I'm all for that, that's for sure. They're allowed to play music in between plays. They did that a little bit, not every time. I don't know if they forgot a few times, if sometimes they didn't want to do it. It's still some of the outdated, stupid music that they always play. Some of it was new. It was better for for you could tell it was better. Some of the things I felt was a little bit forced. Go Cats two tweets in, says the exact same thing. He said a little forced at times with the local DJs introducing strong or songs. Maybe they are sponsors, but it was a vast improvement, and, he, and Billy Sewell digs it so far. R.C. Schlick tweets in, pretty solid overall. Should be fun when a good opponent comes to the Commonwealth Stadium. Blue-white chant was okay, better than nothing. They talked about what they wanted to do before the fourth quarter and adapt a new tradition, which, again, you can't do that. Traditions are something that are passed down or created over time. Not something that you could say, all right, we're going to make a new tradition today. Woo! Can't do that. So what they did before the fourth quarter, they had Jared Lorenzen walk from the end zone to the 50-yard line. Uh, the cheerleaders were on the field. The band, uh, a small chunk of the band, followed Jared Lorenzen to midfield playing, I don't know, the fight song or something. I don't know. It kind of looked like a the, a band just following somebody around playing music. I, I that was I, that seemed a little bit forced. Then Jerry Lorenzo got out there and he told everybody to stand on their feet for the remainder of the game, despite UK. being up 52 to nothing. I don't know if that was the best idea. This is to tell UK fans in 95 degree weather that at the start of the fourth quarter, they needed to stand the remainder of the game. Maybe that works against an SEC opponent when you're trying to pull the upset. And then they did a blue white chant, which was good. I, again, that's maybe a little bit forced. But I, they're trying. UK's trying. They're trying to make it better. It, it was it was bad. Anybody that's been to UK football game in the past few years, it would get boring. It'd be dull. So they're trying. It, it'll get better. AJ Stamps interception just pulled. It was. I guess somebody had his video on Facebook and it just pulled up. I mean, what a pick. What a play. I talked to him after the game. 
about that interception and wrote a story about it. And he talked about how he could have maybe gotten two hands on it, but one-handed interceptions are a lot cooler. And how he was practicing his one-handed interceptions before the game. Uh, just, that's awesome. If you're into cocky players, AJ Stamp is, is the guy for you. And I know UK football fans have been waiting for somebody like that. We need to head to our last commercial break here on 1450 The Sports Buzz. Have a few more tweets coming in, so I'll have to get to those. So stick around here on 1450 The Sports Buzz. We'll be right back. You're listening to the Sports Talker with TJ Walker on 1450 The Sports Buzz. We're back. Final segment here on 1450 The Sports Buzz. Yates, I'm sure you heard about these photos that leaked online. I have heard about them, yes. A couple things stand out here. Uh, it's. Uh, I was in a golf scramble on Sunday when one of my partners, I guess one of his friends, started to send him some of these pictures. And you really couldn't go on Twitter without seeing somebody talking about them, a link to them, and even they were just there. And uh, supposedly Twitter started to suspend accounts that were posting them and cleaned them up and... Uh, taking them down. Uh, But a couple things stand out about this. One, that's kind of terrifying that hackers could do that to celebrities because if they can do it to celebrities, I'm sure they could just do it to anybody. Not not from a nude photo standpoint. Uh, People, I don't have to worry uh, about any nude photos of me being leaked. I don't think anybody would want if they were if they were there anyways. I don't think they would want to be leaked anyways. Uh, but two, that's just it, it, if they can get photos, that means they can get other information. So that's that's kind of scary. Again, they they just targeted some of the most famous celebrities out there. And two, I don't really understand how iCloud works, and it kind of reminds me of that movie where they talk about iCloud. So I guess you can delete stuff on your phone and your computer, but it goes up to the it goes to a secret database that cannot be deleted. Yates, is that pretty much the the premise there? Um, I mean, I'm sure you can delete things from iCloud. I mean, basically, iCloud is just, I mean, it, it's essentially like the hard drive in your computer, except that it's housed somewhere else. So so okay. Apple has a big group of servers and hard drives that you can. I mean, you get a certain amount for free, but you can pay money to buy storage from them, basically. So it, it's it's essentially like a storage unit that you would rent to put things in, but it's you know 
you upload it via the internet and it just hangs out there so that you basically so that you don't have to always have it with you so i you know i can go i can have something on my home computer and then when i come here if i have it saved to icloud i can just download it from my icloud account to a computer here if i needed to okay uh, and are my things automatically going to my icloud right now without me knowing about it uh, they shouldn't be. I mean, I would imagine. I mean, I, I don't use it very much, other than to back up my phone, really, because um, I don't pay for any additional storage than what they give you for free, and it's not very much. Um, but I, I mean, you have to have told your phone to upload things to iCloud. Now, if you so, like, if you download like a song from iTunes or something, then that's different. But like, if you take a picture, it doesn't. It shouldn't, unless you set it up this way from the beginning, it shouldn't automatically upload to iCloud. But my question is, so these celebrities at some point said, okay, I'm going to put these nude pictures in my iCloud. See, that's I don't think they would do that. So that makes me almost wonder if the iCloud is all-knowing and powerful and taking well, I, I pictures. Don't, I, I don't think so. I, I think they pro probably what happened was they, when they set their phone up, I mean, it's one, it's, it's one of those things where you do – you. You, you don't necessarily do it for each individual picture. I mean, you probably can, but you probably can set, when you set your phone up, you can set it up to send things to, you know, your iCloud account. Interesting. Well, maybe it's something that people uh, should be aware of after this scandal that broke on Sunday. Uh, again, kind of a, a scary situation and definitely some uh, embarrassing I'm sure it's embarrassing for them but it's almost a point where I don't know if they even should be embarrassed about it more because I think everybody realizes just how creepy and weird and the whole situation is kind of bizarre uh, that was uh, you know I like to sometimes get in non non sports things into the show and I think that maybe maybe was one of the biggest of the weekend uh, anyways, we talked about Kentucky and their win over UT Martin. Didn't get to talk as much about Louisville today, but stick around for Trevor's show after this. And I'm sure he will break down the cards. Very convincing win over Miami. Uh, Kentucky moves on to play Ohio. Uh, I know Trevor has constantly talked about this not being a an easy win for UK and it could be a possible upset. I don't necessarily see that happening. I saw all the evidence I needed from UT Martin that this Kentucky team is different. It's got speed. It's got athletes. It's got playmakers. I think this is going to be a, a sneaky fun year for UK. I don't see a game, even the Georgia game. I don't see a game at Commonwealth Stadium that UK gets blown out in. And it has been a while since UK fans have been able to say that for home games. I think every home game UK is going to be in, they're going to be competitive. Uh, I'm not saying they're going to beat South Carolina. I'm not saying they're going to beat Georgia. I think after what you saw South Carolina do this weekend against Texas A&M, I'm not saying that it's impossible that UK couldn't pull the upset. But this is going to be a, a fun year for UK. And if you, if again, if you didn't catch on by the recruiting success, if you didn't catch on by the players that UK is winning and the, uh, the, the teams that they're beating out out. And he's recruiting Alabama, but, and they're playing them right away. So if you couldn't catch on from all that, 
I, I think seeing them, seeing this team and how they what they did against UT Martin, it's time to kind of buy into what Stoops is being able to do at UK. We'll talk more about this tomorrow. We'll talk more about plenty more tomorrow uh, here on 1450 The Sports Bus. Thanks for listening. We'll see you at 3 on Wednesday.